0: Good morning. This is the Sahaja Yoga radio program on 2SER 107.3. My name is Andre and John is on the panel. Let me begin by wishing everyone a happy Diwali. Diwali, which is the Festival of Lights, takes place in India on the darkest night of every year. In 2012, the festival begins on the 13th of November, which is this coming Tuesday. For five days, people take to the streets in massive numbers all across India. It's a time to celebrate the victory of good over evil and light over darkness. Being an Indian festival, there's lots of music, lots of dancing, and lots and lots of fireworks. So as a result, the darkest night of the year is illuminated as far as the eye can see. In Sahaja Yoga, Diwali has special significance. By the grace of Srimadiji Nimala Devi, the founder of Sahaja Yoga, we've learned to appreciate the more subtle aspects of this wonderful celebration. With practice and meditation, we discover it's our spirit that becomes enlightened and it's the darkness within that disappears. So what is Sahaja Yoga? Sahaja Yoga begins with a process called Self-Realization. This is a guided process which is very simple and very enjoyable. By a series of affirmations, which we repeat quietly to ourselves, a loving mothering energy called Kundalini gently rises within. And allows us to experience the state of true meditation as she rises she passes through different energy centers that are located within all of us when she passes through the final center which is located on top of the head we experience a silencing of our thoughts we feel a sense of peace and well-being this is called thoughtless awareness and is the essence of true meditation. Today on the program, we'll be listening to a Sahaja Yogi who has been lucky enough to spend time in the presence of Shri Mataji. His name is Brian, and you'll recognize him as being a regular presenter on this show. A lot of people who were in Sahaja Yoga back in the early 80s and earlier than that were in the rare position to be able to interact with Śrīmadājī in a rather informal and delightful way. Even simple exchanges with Śrīmadājī can be quite profound and something you carry for the rest of your life. So much the more for the fortunate few whose lives were touched in a very direct way by this incredible, divine personality. Brian begins his story back when he first got his realization.
1: I got my realization in August 1980 and Srimadji came to Australia in early in 1981. Uh, we were all at the airport when she arrived and she came down the line one by one by one looking at these each individual and saying perhaps a word or two moving on to the next and so on. So I was towards the end of a line so I was watching this process going on and I suddenly became conscious of the fact that Shri was putting each individual into his or her place. Um, I had heard in a talk saying that um, it was past lives frequently that brought people to their realization that it was through past lives that they had developed the the seeking and so on which had brought them to self realization and Sahaja yoga so it was as Shiji moved down this line, I suddenly realized that Sharataji was recognizing people from other times and other places Um, and it was um, quite a chilling thought when it it arrived Um, she stood in front of me and looked, she didn't smile, she didn't say anything then she just nodded quietly and moved on to the next so I didn't know quite how to interpret that so I didn't fortunately (laughs) Um, during her time in um, Sydney uh, she was staying at a at an apartment um, in Gladesville near the Parramatta River and each evening a group of Sahaja Yogis would um, go after dinner and spend the evening with her. Well one night I had the privilege of being in Srimati's company during the evening. Um, because of uh, the, the osteomyelitis I'd had as a six-year-old, I walked with a limp. I, throughout my life I've walked with a bit of a limp. Anyway, as I w- moved across the, uh, the floor, Shrimati said, what are you limping for? Size yogi shouldn't limp, come here. So I went, and I lay down at her feet as instructed, and she put one uh, foot on my shoulder and another one on my hip, and I was lying on my side there, and and, and her, her, her one foot would move a little, the other foot would move a little, but I was there, for, oh, lying there happily uh, for, mm, I don't know, a quarter of an hour, something of the sort. and. Uh, Uh, enjoying the relaxing experience enormously well the discussion that was going on between Shumatiji and the other Sahaja Yogis there was seeking and at one point uh, I said oh Shumatiji I don't have any experience like this I've never looked on myself as a seeker if I've tried to find the 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 spirit or the depth in something it's been through poetry and music. Uh but I I'm not a seeker in this usual way. The other the other people were defining themselves as. So then she pushed my hip with one foot and said, her, When did this happen? And I told her, I said it was six. So I said, There you are, you see. The negativity tried to knock you out of the seeking circle at a very early age.
0: We will now go through the process of self-realization together. For this, you'll need to sit somewhere comfortably, remove your shoes, and close your eyes. Place your hands on your knees, palms upwards, and take a couple of deep breaths. We will play you a talk where Srimadji herself conducted the self-realization as this will have a stronger effect than if I do it. So keep your eyes closed, make sure you won't be disturbed, and follow her instructions.
2: Now, we have to close our eyes. You can take out your spectacles, because you shouldn't open your eyes till I tell you. Also, if you have something very tight on your waist, very tight, or on your neck, then you can little bit reduce the pressure on these two centers. Whatever I have told you, all these conditions, in short, means you should be very pleasantly placed towards yourself because you are going to enter into the Kingdom of God. So you have to be very pleasantly placed towards yourself. Now, please put left hand like this towards Me, both the feet apart from each other, I put right hand on your heart, and now close your eyes. Here, you have to ask a very fundamental question about you to me. You can call me mother or you can call me Sri Mataji, whatever you like. <coughs> Please ask a question three times in your heart. all these questions are to be asked in your heart. Mother. Am I the Spirit? Ask this question. Three times. Mother, am I the Spirit? As I told you, if you are the Spirit, you get the guide to yourself, so you become a master of yourself the Spirit becomes your master. So now take your right hand in the upper portion of your abdomen on the left-hand side. Here ask another fundamental question three times. Mother, am I my own master? Mother, am I my own master? Ask this question three times, please. I have already told you that I respect your freedom and the pure knowledge cannot be forced on you. So now please take your hand in the lower portion of your abdomen. The center has got six petals. So please ask six times, Mother, please give me pure knowledge. Mother, please give me pure knowledge. Six times. When you ask for pure knowledge, the Kundalini starts moving upward. So we have to, we have to nourish our upper centers with our self-confidence. So please raise your right hand in the upper portion of your abdomen, on the left hand side and press it. And here again you have to say with full confidence, ten times, Mother, I am my own master. Please say it with full confidence ten times, Mother, I am my own master. I have already told you <coughs> the fundamental truth about you is that you are not this body not mind you are not these conditionings and the ego nor these emotions and intelligence but you are the pure spirit so now raise your right hand on top of your heart and here with full confidence, please say twelve times mother I." I am the pure spirit. Please say that. Mother, I am the pure spirit. Please say it twelve times. Now, One has to understand that this all-pervading power is the ocean of knowledge, is the ocean of compassion, love and bliss, is the ocean of truth. But above all, it is the ocean of forgiveness. whatever wrong you might have done, this ocean of forgiveness can completely forgive you. It is that powerful. So forgive yourself and raise your right hand into the corner of your neck and your shoulder and turn your head to your right. Here you have to again say it with full confidence sixteen times. Full confidence. Mother, I am not guilty at all. Mother, I am not guilty at all. Please say it 16 times with full confidence. I've already told you, whether you forgive or don't forgive, you don't do anything. But if you don't forgive, then you play into wrong hands. So you have to forgive. If you don't forgive as it is all your lives, you are played into wrong hands. And if you don't forgive, you'll also miss out your realization because this center won't open. So please forgive. Now raise your right hand on top of your forehead across, Put the fingers on one side and your thumb on the other, press it hard on the temples and now put it down your head as far as possible. Here, again, you have to say with full confidence, from your heart, not how many times, but from your heart, Mother, I forgive everyone in general, Mother, I forgive everyone in general. This is very important. Without your forgiving, I cannot forgive. You have to forgive yourself. Please take your right hand now, the back side of your head, and push back your head as far as possible. Now here you have to say, Again, with full confidence and from your heart, not how many times. Without counting your mistakes, without feeling guilty, just for your satisfaction you have to say, O All-Pervading Power, please forgive me if I have done anything wrong, knowingly or unknowingly. O All-Pervading Power. If I have done anything wrong knowingly or not knowingly please forgive me say it with full confidence now the last sentence which is very important please stretch your palm fully. Put the center of your palm on top of your head in the on the fontanel bone area, which was a soft bone in your childhood. Now put down your head as far as possible and push back your fingers. Please, this is very important that please push back your fingers. Here again I cannot force self-realization on you. Because I respect your freedom, I cannot cross over it. So move your hand now seven times, slowly clockwise saying seven times, Mother please give me self-realization. <coughs> Take down your hands. Please take down your hands.
0: You're listening to the Sahaja Yoga radio program on 2SER 107.3. Let's continue with Brian's stories. Here he is talking about organizing Sri first big public conference in Sydney.
1: Before Sri arrived for the first time in Sydney in 1981, uh, a few of us were working on publicity to try and build up... Um, people or audiences at her public programs and we had a certain amount of success uh, in those days it wasn't too difficult to blitz one's way into an editing room on the on the um, sydney morning herald and the daily telegraph uh, and so we got um, uh, the people there alert and, and eventually quite nice um, uh, articles and coverage so with this in mind and a bit smug with the success Um, we planned a press conference uh, with Sri soon after she arrived well we had tea and cold drinks and snacks and so on all lined up the press conference was held in a hotel and um, I was there sort of half an hour earlier And uh, at the time that everybody was called, there wasn't a soul there. Not one member of the media had appeared. Quarter an hour later, still no one had appeared. So by this time, I I knew that Shimachi was arriving, so I, I went down to meet her and with streaming down my face I said there's nobody, nobody there nobody has a writer and she just laughed and laughed and said ah oh, let's do you have tea up there I said yes oh let's have a cup of tea so upstairs we went and uh, settled down and I was still very upset and Shurata, she was just laughing saying, you know like it's nothing you get upset about well over the next half hour um Reporters arrived from 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 the newspapers. Photographers arrived um, a Two double j came and did an interview for um, pop radio. We had the the uh, ABC national program for i don 't know an hour and a half two hours. People just kept coming and Shumataji smiled and, and answered their questions and laughed and so on. And it was an enormously successful uh, uh, press conference. So suddenly, you know, I started to feel a bit better <laughs> just as we were leaving the says, is it better now?
0: <laughs> Here Brian talks about an experience he had with the Sahaja Yogis in London.
1: I was Shumatiji was out of out of London when I arrived in London, and a Sahaja Yogi picked me up at the airport and took me to Nightingale Lane, where the which the Sahaja Yogis were renting at that time It was a huge rambling place, um, and I stayed there for oh, perhaps three months anyway the the Sahaji yogini said she she, she was going to call back and and pick me up and and take me to shumataji's house oh this is great so that evening around to brompton square Uh, we went uh, and i saw over Shivataji's new house it's a beautiful beautiful place and Pamela was there, and, and Pamela and had been working on this house for quite some time and She told the story about the the uh, carvings on the staircase, the panels of carved wood below the balustrade very attractive uh, and um, uh, Pamela told the story of how Shumati had said how, lo- how lovely those those panels would look if the carving was just picked out with gold leaf. And Susipi, her husband, had said, oh, no, 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 it's beautiful as it is, no need to do that. Anyway, when Susipi was away somewhere on, on work, Shumati came to Pamela and said, let's gold leaf this Carving on the stairs, so paymentary artist got the gold leaf out, and they did they and it's, it and it looked lovely, I must say, anyway, when the c p came back, he had the generosity to say, It is lovely, <laughs> you did a very really good job."
0: To listen to a lecture Shri Mataji gave on the fifth of november nineteen ninety-four. She gave this talk in Istanbul, Turkey. This talk has had the translation removed from it.
2: Today we are going to celebrate the Diwali, which means the rose of lights or you can say, group of lights. Need somebody to translate in Turkish also? It's all right. (coughs) This Diwali has been a festival of very ancient times in India. I have already told in My previous lectures what are these five days are. After killing Narakasura, Diwali was celebrated when it was the darkest night of the year. So now it is very symbolic of these modern times. Because the worst time, as far as morality is concerned, has been in these modern times. We call, call it the Ghor Kalyuba, that means a complete darkness far as morality is concerned, but that's why there are all kinds of crises. Because of that also there are many who are seeking the light, the truth. In the darkness of ignorance
3: people have no
2: knowledge as to what they should do, why or they are on this earth. You know very well there are thousands and thousands of real seekers who are born at this time. That is why this job was given to Me, is to create Diwali in this dark ages of ignorance. It's not an easy job because On one side we have all the dark forces acting against the truth. Also on the other side we have to fight the false people who are taking advantage of your seeking. Firstly, people don't know what to seek. So all these false people have been money-oriented, and they tried to work out marketing of their falsehoods. They have the expertise to do it. Somebody asked Me in Bogota, a television lady, what about the cults that are killing people and doing all sorts of things that they did in Switzerland? So I said, it's true, they are crooks, they are horrible, they are criminals who call themselves as spiritual, but the mistake lies with the people who follow them. So a person who is absolutely immoral, absolutely dishonest, who launders money to Swiss banks, cannot be a guru. Uh, He used to uh, buy uh, these drugs and sell them. He used to buy weapons and sell them. He was worse than His disciple, much worse. (laughs) They have used a kind of a suggestion from the books of, called Guru Gita or something, where it is said, you should surrender everything to your Guru. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: That means it was to suggest that a disciple should be willing (coughs) to surrender everything to the Guru. So, (coughs) uh, it was for the disciple But for the Guru, he should not grab anything, he shouldn't ask for anything, he should not be greedy. All these things are already written down. But nobody reads what is required of a Guru and only they see that you have to surrender everything to the Guru. Why I am telling you all this? Because how the darkness is so deep and so dangerous. Moreover, the other day I read an article which said that in Milan there is a very, very organization, a global organization of satanicism. Many politicians and many people in the government, very highly placed ministers, prime ministers, are involved in it many people who are uh, bank managers or bank owners and also the people who call themselves social workers and also those who have got peace award and this award, that award. So this is what is the worst times of Kali Yuga, modern oh. times.
0: You're listening to the Sahaja Yoga radio program on 2SER 107.3. We'll continue with the rest of this talk in just a moment. Let's now continue with the rest of Shri Mataji's talk, which he gave in Istanbul in 1994.
2: Now the second day of Diwali, last day, is where a brother and sisters uh, celebrate together for relationship which is so pure and so protective. That is to show that after putting the lights Morality must be the first priority for the society. I need not tell you as to the immoral side of modern times, it's horrible. Immorality is the greatest darkness of modern times, where people don't know how they relate to each other, for which, as I told you before, Christ has suggested that you take out the eyes of a man who looks at a woman twice, because He found at that time people were horrid. Who can follow Christ? In these modern times both the eyes, both the hands will be cut off. On the whole, if you see, I haven't seen any Christian like that so far was even more strict. He thought nothing has been done for the women, so he passed rules and regulations about women also. So he said that any woman who looks at a man with bad eyes should be buried halfway and should be killed by stoning. I don't know what would have happened to the American ladies if they had followed this. So, when I came to this earth, I discovered that these two are very difficult, especially in Kaliuga. These laws are actually meant for not normal human beings but for angels. So, modern man is even worse than a normal human being because They want something destructive all the time, like the Spanish ask the bull to hit them. Now the description of modern times is there to show you in what times we are living. And I realized it's not an easy thing, to talk to them about anything that is good without giving them Realization. Less and until you give them Realization, nothing can penetrate into their minds on just mental level. And also giving only lectures and sermons, the whole thing will be at a mental level only and also the religions that are so-called are really very harmful for the spiritual growth of human beings. I felt that enlightenment is the only way one can save this world.
0: You're listening to the Sahaja Yoga radio program on 2SER 107.3. Returning now to Brian's stories, let's listen to his experience when he went to America.
1: That was in, I think, 1983. Some of us from Australia went to America about five or six months before Shumata-ji started her tour to sort of help the local sahaja yogis of whom there weren't very many in America to help them um, set up situations for her and so on and to run programs in the hope that there would be more sahaja yogis uh, to welcome her when she arrived and and so on this was um, uh, quite an undertaking because at one point uh, I was in Los Angeles Los Angeles and and San Diego Shumatiji was going to hold programs in both and at one point I had a call uh, from London um, suggesting the possibility of approaching um, a publicity agent who might be able to handle um Shumati's arrival who might be able to generate publicity and so on so this is all new to me I had no experience in this territory but anyway I uh, got in touch with uh, a, a couple of Indians one in, in, um, in San, uh, San Francisco and one in New York Um, who had experience in this territory and so they recommended a firm and so I I approached this firm and eventually they generated um, publicity for 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 Mataji's visit. Um, It was quite an interesting exercise because it was all new to me, they kept asking the, the publicity people kept asking questions that I didn't really have answers to, you know, in the, in the nature of Sharadiji and so on. So I referred them uh, through to London and seemingly, uh, I'm not sure that Sharadiji talked directly to them, but the questions were conveyed to her and the answers conveyed back and they seemed to be very happy with the all the information that they that they received concerning her her childhood and her time in um in India and her background as a uh in a christian family and so on and her and her university studies in medicine and her battling with the um, independence movement in in India the, the freedom from Britain movement that was so strong then which she she and her whole family played major part uh, and all this information came through her marriage and so on and uh, the, the fact that in 1970 she started her work as uh, the the one which she always claimed was was the job she took her birth for, which was to grant self realization so all that information came through to to um, the publicity people in in los angeles and uh, they made very good very good use of it um, and when Shirataji arrived, it was all already prepared with uh, television interviews and so on uh, was not easy in America, for me. I didn't find it easy. Um, Australia and New Zealand, yes, I suppose it's home territory, but America trying to make it clear to Americans that the visit of Shumatiji Nirmala was of major significance, individually and collectively no matter what I said eyes glazed over and I knew I was not getting through and day after day that starts to get you down a bit so I grew to have a great deal of sympathy for the Americans who were attempting to break through this shell of confidence and even aggression and materialism and so on to try and anybody who tries to break through that shell and and get to some sense of the the spirit and the deeper sensitivities, I have a great deal of sympathy for. Well, of course, now, what are we talking now? We're talking, uh, oh... 20 years later, um, there are a number of uh, of Sahaja Yogis in America and very strong and dynamic and um, very powerful uh, Sahaja Yogis who are making the breakthrough. But I don't think it's become all that much easier.
0: Here is a more unique story Brian remembers from those early days in England.
1: In, uh, in Hammersmith, uh, Shri was working around the audience and giving people vibrations and encouraging them and laughing with them and so on. And she came to one lady and, and she said, oh, this, this lady said, oh, this most lovely golden aura around you. And she actually slapped her hand and said, "Now that's enough. That's enough. If you see something, you can't be it." She said, "Now, if you want your to Kundalini rise, forget all that. Forget all the auras and so on. That's not That's not. That's not going to be of any value to you." And so, after a bit of work and a bit of laughing with her, she moved on. But the lady immediately says, "Oh, that golden aura. And I'm not going to let that go." And I suddenly thought, "Oh." Dear, you've been given such an opportunity and you're turning your back on it for some sort of conditioning, I suppose.
0: Not all the stories shared are as pleasant as the ones we've been listening to. Often, Shri being such a divine personality, would encounter people who were outright negative. Yet even these stories leave you with a sense that they're somehow significant. Here is one such incident that Brian recalls from Switzerland.
1: Shumatiji held a program in Geneva at a a chapel, which is very famous, and Shumatiji gave a a program there, which was interrupted. uh, On one occasion, somebody shouting shouting, um, at her concerning uh, christ and the bible and so on and there was another occasion when um a woman called out and there was a third occasion where a man came down the aisle uh, um, waving a bible i don't know what he was saying but he was he was obviously aggressive and so on Shmada was laughing and laughing see it was a great joke well two or three of us seeing this man coming down all went near to Shumatiji, you know, like we would protect her no matter what happened. Um, uh, and so we are all, we all standing quite close to her. And anyway, this guy with a waving Bible uh, eventually sort of turned round and, and went back. But Shumatiji n- never took any of it seriously. And it was it was interesting to reflect on because We would tend to be either upset by the challenge to shiratiji's words, or become angry at the aggression and implied violence and so on, but not shiratiji. For her, it was all part of the divine play. It really, she thought it was all very amusing. And even when she told the story afterwards, she was still laughing and laughing. Hmm.
0: Today, of course, there is a very large and very dynamic Sahaja Yoga collective in Geneva. We'll now finish up with a story that we found in a book of recollections of ji This is read by Brian.
1: When we had completed the renovation work, Shumataji called all the people who had helped. Pat, John, Fergie, who had been doing plastering, and there was also Chris and Antonio. We were all sitting in Shumataji's bedroom, and she had bought everybody's suits. She was calling each one up to give one to each person. Here you are, Pat, she said. Then Chris came up and Shumataji gave one to Chris. Pat is short and stocky, and Chris Mm -hmm. is quite tall. Go and try these suits on and come back and show me, she said. So everybody came in with their new suits. Fergie's fitted perfectly, and he thanked her out you. Then Pat came in and his suit was so baggy, it was obviously much too big. It's fine, thank you very much, said Pat, being very English. We all laughed and then Chris came in and his suit was incredibly small. The trousers were halfway up his calves and the arms were about six inches too short. It looked absolutely ridiculous. And Shumatiji burst out laughing. How was that, she asked. Oh, it's a little tight, but it's okay, Shumatiji, said Chris. He was again being very polite, and Shumatiji laughed. No, you go and swap with Pat, she said. So they went out and swapped the suits, and both suits fitted perfectly. See, now they are perfect. We were rolling around, laughing.
0: almost at the end of the program, so I'll give you some contact information so you can find out where the nearest Sahaja Yoga meeting is to you. Remember Sahaja Yoga classes are all free and non-committal. You can join anytime, and you're free to leave anytime – there's no pressure. There are free weekly programs held in 25 different suburbs across Sydney and dozens more across the country. So please visit sahajyoga.com.au for all those details. That's sahajyoga.com.au for all those details. Also, you can call this toll-free number on 1300 724 252. That's 1300 724 252. And someone will answer all of your questions. That's it for this week. We hope you've enjoyed yourself as much as we've enjoyed sharing this with you. Until next time, this is the Sahaja Yoga radio program on 2SER 107.3.